Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Paul, a servant of Jesus. Paul, a prisoner for Jesus, in chains for Jesus, writes Philemon. Paul the evangelist, Paul the preacher, Paul the church planter, Paul who was called by God to take the good news, the gospel to the Gentiles, Paul who did more than anyone to ensure the good news of Jesus reached far and wide, writes Philemon. And it's not just anyone writing this letter to Philemon, it's Paul. He is sending this letter to Philemon with Philemon's runaway slave. He's sending it with Philemon's displaced property. A man, yes. But in the ancient world, a slave was considered property and a runaway was serious business in the ancient world. Paul writes Philemon and he sends Onesimus. So what does Paul want Philemon to do? What what does he want him to do with Onesimus? Onesimus, whom he says is a child to him, like a son. Onesimus, whom Paul calls his very heart. What does Paul want Philemon to do with Onesimus? What does he want him to do with his runaway slave? After all, that's what this letter is about. That's the occasion for this letter. But amazingly, Paul doesn't say. Paul does not come right out and tell Philemon what he thinks he should do. Paul doesn't lay all his cards on the table. Listen again to verse 8 and 9. Accordingly, though, I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required. Yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. In other words, Paul is saying, I could command you, I could order you, I could tell you what you should do, and it would have the weight of my authority as an apostle. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to appeal to you out of love. And then Paul continues in verse 14, I preferred to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own free will. Paul did not want Philemon to make a decision out of any compulsion from him. He didn't want Philemon to act because he felt forced to act. He didn't want Philemon to act purely out of obligation to Paul. And you know, you know what this is like. You've been in this position, a place where you know what you should do. There really is no decision to make. Why? Because your mama told you to. Or why? Because your, your, your wife told you to. And she didn't have to write you a letter. In fact, she didn't have to say anything. All she had to do was give the look. And you know the look? And that look is no appeal of love, nor is it a call for free will. 
But you also know what it's like to have to make a decision, an important decision, where there is no one who's going to tell you what to do, where you have to make the best decision given what you know. You have to make the best decision after praying for wisdom. It's in your hands. It's up to you. You have to decide. And the effects of your decision will be felt by others. Well, that's what Paul leaves with Philemon. Philemon has to decide what to do with Onesimus. He has to decide what to do with his runaway slave. Now, Paul does want him to to help him to make an informed decision, not in a beat you over the head kind of manner, but in a subtle manner, in a loving manner, a pastoral manner. Paul reminds Philemon of how Jesus creates relationships and of how Jesus transforms relationships. The main theme of this letter is fellowship, Christian fellowship, fellowship in Christ. It's about community, community that we have in Jesus. Christianity is not an individual religion. It's not a Jesus and me faith. And Jesus died for you. Jesus was crucified for you. He took upon himself your sin. He took upon himself your selfishness, your pride. He he took upon himself all the things in your life that separate you from God, that prevent you from having a relationship with God. And Jesus suffered the punishment and the wrath. Do you for your sin. He suffered death. He suffered hell for you. That's love. That's sacrificial love. That's selfless love. That's divine love. And it's grace, which means it's a gift. It's a gift, a gift that you don't deserve, a gift that you can't earn. It's a gift that's to be received by faith. In Jesus, through faith in Jesus, you have a relationship with God. In Jesus, God adopts you as his own. You're his child. And now you have a father in heaven. And Jesus, the one who saved you, is now your brother. God's son is your brother. In this new status, this new relationship with God, through your heavenly father, you also gain a whole new family. You gain a whole new community. You have brothers and sisters in Jesus. You have brothers and sisters because of Jesus, brothers and sisters in faith, brothers and sisters under the father, brothers and sisters through the very spirit of the living God. Now that's how Paul Paul, a Jew who's in prison in Rome, can call Philemon a well-to-do Gentile and Colossi brother. Paul and Philemon are brothers through Jesus. And Paul and Onesimus are brothers through Jesus. And now returning to his master, a follower of Jesus, Onesimus' relationship with Philemon has transformed. He's no longer just a servant. He's no longer property, but he's a brother. Paul writes this in verse 16, and this is actually the key verse in the letter that Philemon might receive Onesimus no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother, especially to me. 
but how much more to you? In essence, Paul's message is, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but this man is not just a slave. He's more. He's now your brother. He's your brother through Jesus. He's your brother by faith. And he continues in verse 17, receive him as you would receive me. In other words, receive him as a brother. And if he has owed you, if he has wronged you, Paul says, charge it to my account. Paul will pay it. Again, Paul is not commanding Philemon to do anything, but it seems pretty clear, doesn't it? If Paul is telling Philemon to receive Onesimus as a brother, if Paul is asking Philemon to receive him as he would receive himself, it certainly wouldn't be his property. It certainly wouldn't be as a financial investment gone bad. It certainly wouldn't be as a master receives a runaway slave. Brothers don't enslave brothers. Christians should receive one another in the love of Jesus. In the grace of Jesus. Reconciling through repentance and forgiveness just like Jesus has received you. That sounds easy, doesn't it? We, we know what Philemon should do. But it's easy to look back with almost 2,000 years of hindsight and know. But in the moment, it wasn't that easy for Philemon. Remember, this wasn't just a private letter. Paul addressed this letter to Philemon and to the church in his house. It would have been read to the entire church. This was not just a private matter. This was a very public matter. It was a very public matter within the church. Would Philemon live out the gospel? Would he live out the gospel within his own household where Onesimus served and where the church met? It was a public matter in his house. What if Philemon freed Onesimus? Would he have to free other slaves? Would he only free them if they were Christians? This was also a very public matter within the city, within the community. As some scholars think that up to one-third of the population of cities like Colossae were slaves. Now, if Philemon freed Onesimus, word would get around. What would other slave owners in his class think? What would other slaves in the community think? What would others think of Christianity? Philemon would potentially be ostracized. He would potentially be a social outcast, labeled as some kind of revolutionary or a nutcase. Whatever standing he had in the community would be gone. Whatever friends outside the church he had would be gone. He might even suffer financially. So what would you do? What looks like the easy thing to do from our point of view, an easy decision to make, an easy action to take, actually carried great risk. Sometimes there is great risk in loving. There's great risk in forgiving. Sometimes there's great risk in following God's will. Being a Christian, following Jesus, can involve great risk. You might be misunderstood. You might be mislabeled. You might be ostracized. You might be outcast or abused or hated or canceled. Have you ever had to take such risk? Have you ever had to make a private decision that had a public effect? Have you had to love at great risk, forgive at great risk, follow God's will with great risk involved? And if you haven't, you probably will. 
as our culture, the culture around us becomes more and more pagan, you will. In our culture, moral issues like sexuality and abortion, issues of identity, will require great risk on the part of followers of Jesus. Great risk to follow God's will. Great risk to say you're following God's will. Great risk to love those who disagree with you and need the gospel. Great risk to love your enemies, to to forgive those who may wrong you. You might suffer. But Jesus goes with you. The one that you serve is present with you. Now, the last thing I want you to see in Philemon is providence. Paul specifically mentions God's providence, the deeply comforting fact that there are no coincidences, that life is not governed by chance, that life is not governed by happenstance, that in fact, God orders and directs life, all of life, your life, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Listen to verse 15 again. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a beloved brother. Paul's Paul's pointing to the bigger picture. Paul's pointing to God's purposes, that things happen in your life. You make decisions in your life, and God has a greater purpose. One that you don't always see while you're in the midst of it. Now, that's what happened to Joseph in our Old Testament reading. Joseph's brothers hated him. His brothers sold him into slavery. They lied to their father about it. They sinned. And God blessed Joseph. He became the second most powerful man in Egypt. And through Joseph, God's people were saved from famine. God's people were saved from starvation. And Joseph recognized it. In Genesis 45, chapter 45, verse 4, Joseph reveals who he is to his brothers who didn't know him. And he says this, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now don't be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. It was God's plan that Joseph go to Egypt. It was God's plan that Joseph be sold into slavery. It was God's plan that he might save life, the life of his people. Providence. Now, that's what Paul is saying. Onesimus ran away. He ran away from Philemon. He ran away from the city of Colossae, but it was God's plan for him. God's plan for him to meet Paul, to come to faith, to return to Philemon as a brother. Providence. Now, 40 years, 50 years later than when this letter was written, in the city of Ephesus, which was not that far from Colossae, there was a bishop, an overseer, an elder named Onesimus. Now, nobody is certain that this was the same Onesimus. This Onesimus, it it could be. Onesimus was a common name in that day and time, but, but if it was Onesimus that Paul sent to Philemon, we see how God's providence worked out in his life in faithful service. You can't always see what God's doing in your life and through your life. You don't always know the reason, but God does. Trust in his faithfulness. Trust in his care for you. Trust in his providential hand over your life. 
You might be suffering. You might be struggling. You might be confused. You might feel lost. You might feel weary. You might not know which way is up. And it's hard. But the Father is with your Father is with you. And he has a purpose for what you're going through. He knows the bigger picture. Even if it may not be clear to you now, trust him. Trust him. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 